Cover Cup Podcast. We are back to cover the first pay-per-view of 2024, UFC 97 in Toronto, Ontario. 97? Uh, 297. <laughs> 297. In uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you very much. Uh, so we have the most popular, would you guys say the most talked about guy in the UFC right now headline this card? Yeah, that's it. So right now, yeah. Either him or fucking Alex Pereira. Some reason I always yeah. get Alex for her shit popping up on my feed every five seconds. I was gonna say Sugar's probably close up there too, but probably the most popular guy in the UFC right now, Sean Strickland, who is set to face off in his first title defense against South African Drakus Duplessis. Sean Strickland's twenty-eight five and zero. Drakus is twenty-two and zero. Sean Strickland just came off the staple victory of his career, dominating Izzy over five rounds, and I would say Drakus just had the staple moment of yeah. his career knocking out Robert Whitaker in the second round just awesome performances by these two um wanted to talk about a couple of things outside of the cage before we actually talk about the fight and our predictions um how I think one thing that's making this line as close as it is is like I just said staple moment of Dragas's career but I do think it's possible too that this is going to be the decline of Whitaker and that win might not age as well as we all think as much as I love Bobby Knuckles, I can see this completely derailing his career. Do you guys think that's a possibility going forward? Yeah, no doubt. He's uh, kind of at the age where you start losing your chin and like your your youth and your speed. Yeah, and at this point, he's lost to two of the top contenders. It's like there's not really a path back. It's definitely, definitely not 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 the. Let's just say it's not the fucking start of the fucking peak or whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, we're we're headed down the mountain. I think we're on the back end, not Holy the front. Holy fuck! Took me a second to get that. <laughs> it's good. You got it. You got it. Now, but yeah, you get it. <laughs> and then, uh, so let's talk about. Obviously, I wouldn't necessarily call it an elephant in the room, but Sean Strickland and Drakus started off. I think it was about a month ago. They were at a press conference. It got a little. Uh, a little overzealous, you could say. Dreykus said something about him getting beat as a kid or molested. I don't even think Sean Strickland got molested, but he made he insinuated that, and then that started a whole shit pile between these two for the past month. They've been building up this fight pretty good, I have to say, to be honest. But now they like each other. All the videos on Twitter are them hugging and shit. I was going to say that. So Yeah, yeah I, so then... I think he got so under Sean's skin that Sean respected it. Because yeah. that's usually his fucking... His bread and butter. Well, I'm pissed because yeah. I, I placed a bet on Drickus after all this was going down because I was like, Sean is fucking out of his mind right now. After I saw that Sean told Drickus that he was going to stab him if he brought it up again, I was like, this dude is so nuts right now. He is not even focused on this fight. He's like a ball of nerd rage. And then I placed a bet on Drickus, but now I see that they're fucking hugging each other. And now I'm afraid. Now I feel like he's locked it back in and now I'm scared. Yeah, which I'm kind of hype about because I never left a show on train. I'm like, you, you, Kami. Yeah, I fucking leave. I was trying to make money, man. <laughs> yeah, okay, Kami. All about yeah. that money. So, even... yeah, l- let's talk about like kind of exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. So, so Drykus basically called him, said he got molested as a child or whatever, something along them lines. Then Strickland basically called him uh, fair for, with like, his coach. Oh, yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then, like you guys said, it's came a long way, but it seems like this past month, uh, shit's kind of cooled down. There was a press conference today. I know this will be out tomorrow, but Thursday there was another press conference where Strickland basically said that there's no hard feelings between the two. Like Jeff said, good on him for getting under his skin and 
he's looking at the fight as a fair fight, which I kind of enjoy now. Like it, the yeah, bad like blood's nice, but it is better that they kind of like meshed well together now. Um, I want to say no matter what the fuck happens with Sean Strickland, his stock is still as high as can be. Did you guys watch the press conference from today? Or watch the highlights? Oh, yeah, that shit was phenomenal. When the fan ran on the fucking stage. Yeah, like just the impeccable control he has of a crowd is insane. Like he literally is in Canada where obviously he's going to be more favored. Trashing the country. Yeah, trashing (laughs) the country. He should be more favored than the South African. But once you start trashing someone's country, you figure it goes downhill. And then he just out of nowhere gets the whole crowd to start chanting, fuck Colby. <laughs> like his cool. impeccable control of like the crowd and his ability to just ramp up like a group of people is just kind of untested in the UFC. Like that's kind of where Sugar, in my opinion, lacks. Sugar's a cool personality, but he's su- he can be such a square. Yeah, too. I mean, Sean literally <laughs> had a, a fucking – had an Indian dude run up to him like that little kid fucking running up and hugging Carmelo in that one game. <laughs> That's what that shit oh, looked yeah. like at the press conference today. Motherfucker yeah. ran yeah. right up to Sean and was like, yeah! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to throw that in that no matter what happens with this fight, Strickland stock is still going to be super high win or loss. So let's actually talk about who we think is going to win the fight and why. Um, I am on the Strickland side as of right now. Jeff, I know you are. Max, let's hear why you're on the Dreykus side first then. Well, I feel like that performance against uh, Whitaker there was his was Drickus's coming out party. Now, maybe it's going against uh, Whitaker, who's on the decline, like you guys said. But I think he showed uh, some stuff that I haven't seen him show before. Now, we still have questions about him going into the five-round championship territory where Sean's already been there. He's kind of like the Apex guy where he's fought a lot of main events in the Apex and gone five rounds. And then he obviously had the five-rounder against Izzy, so... He's used to going five rounds, and Drickus has always struggled with stamina. But I think Drickus has some power, and I I know Sean put on that great performance and beat Izzy, and I'm not taking away any of it from Sean, but I kind of feel like Izzy just didn't give Sean enough respect and then got thoroughly outclassed. And I felt like there's just so much going on into the lead-up and just in Izzy's personal life where... He probably, I feel like he overlooked Sean a little bit, and Sean was able to capitalize on that. I think Drickus is not overlooking Sean at all, and I think he's going to be able to, I honestly think he might be able to knock Sean out because we've seen him get knocked out before. Um, and that's why I'm picking Drickus. I'd rather, I, I want this to be, once Sean defends this title, and if he does it successfully, I'll be back on the Sean train. I'll be more of a believer. But right now, I feel a little skeptical of him getting the win here. What the fuck do you have to say, Jeff? Yeah, and a uh, dumbass and smile right now. <laughs> I just want excited I for a strong circling, brother. <laughs> you look so fu- you look so Polish right now. Uh, I'm sorry, I saw a funny he looks right as soon as, as soon as you were talking about Sean Strickland about the Sean Strickland and yeah, leave it at that. Phenomenal. What do you guys have to say? Um, I, I'm on the other way. I actually kind of think Dreykus's, uh performance was might have been more of a one-off than his coming out party. I think he just caught lightning in a bottle, beat Whitaker. Awesome win, but I don't think it's going to be definitive of what his career is. I've seen other fights where he doesn't look as great. I know people commented a lot on his nose surgery that maybe he can breathe better now. I'm not buying into that shit. I think Strickland's 
I think Strickland was the one with the coming out party against Izzy. I actually kind of disagree with what you said. I think this is maybe the guy we always thought Strickland could be. He's just going to march forward, blast you to death. And this is going to be an awesome fight no matter what, because these two guys are going to come forward. I don't think there's any way it hits the judges' scorecard, but I think Strickland's gas tank and experience can get him a TKO probably in the third or fourth. Um, Jeff, tell me why you're taking Strickland besides you just love his personality. That's a big part of it for me, too. (laughs) You guys kind of damn near beat it to the ground already but i mean it's simple stupid oh fuck it's stupid simple keep it simple stupid brother (laughs) i mean sean strickland's bread and butter butters his fucking gas tank and as we could see especially in the championship rounds and dracus total opposite like you guys already went over total opposite no gas tank at all i i i can't have that bite me in the ass i can't take dracus and be like it's it was sitting in front of me this whole time while fucking Sean Strickland gets his hand raised by decision. Yeah, I completely fucking agree. Um, any more comments on the press conference, Strickland going forward? Um, what you guys think of this fight? Yeah, I do. I just wanted to say like this fight is gonna be fucking awesome because we finally get our answer right. Uh, I don't know if Sean is as good as his last performance against Izzy, uh, because I would I kind of think that was his peak, but I'm not sure yet. And then same with Drickus, like I don't know if he's. Uh, as good as he was against Whitaker, maybe that's his peak. Um, I'm just really excited to see what happens, and I think this answers a lot of questions we both we all have. So I'm looking forward to this fight. It's going to be awesome. The co-main kind of sucks, though. Yeah, I wanted to say, uh, yeah, there was some breaking news I just found out. Well, not that Uh-oh. I just found out, but uh, I knew beforehand, but just got reminded. I cannot fucking believe this is a pay-per-view of two title fights. Like, did any? I know. Is, yeah, did yeah, anyone yeah. remember this at all? Like, yeah, women's dude. bantamweight is getting a new champion. Yes, dude, I we... think Max Max damn near missed it when he fucking did the year. That fucking, was the one I somehow missed. Did not miss crazily, but yes. yeah, um, yeah. I I I would say since I've started following UFC. This is probably the least anticipated title fight I can fucking remember. <laughs> I mean, this is just this is a bad one. I think they just threw it on to throw it on. We have Rocky Raquel Pennington at 35 years old taking on Myra Bueno Silva. Um, and that's no shots towards old legendary Rocky, but I like I, I can't express to you guys enough how little interest I have in this fight. Like, Me too. and it's not and it's not because of Raquel Pennington or Bueno Silva, but like we talked about this last episode. Or two episodes ago. So what, like, no matter who wins this fight, what? Does the winner get Holly Holm? Like, I, like. Or, Holly or, Holm championship fight in 2025. Or like Max said. Watch. Or like Max said, is it Pena that we all don't like at this point? It's like, yeah. I just. It's going to be Pena, I think, because she already said um, that she's fighting. I guess she just decided that she's fighting the winner. So then I guess that's how it's. She just goes, I'm fighting the winner. Uh, ah. She told a reporter. We're like, oh, yeah. Match, matchmaker fucking Juliana. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you guys right. like paid a good amount of attention to the embeddeds in the uh, press conference today, too. I think another thing that's making this fight so terrible is one, and this is no shot towards her, but Bueno Silva still doesn't really speak the best English. It's kind of almost like Figueredo, yeah. where they kind of lose marketability. And then the person who speaks english of the two is so fucking boring like yeah. she talks no shit well the shit she talks is terrible and she really doesn't talk a lot of shit and 
it's just like there's no like gimmick to this. There's no catches. It's just going to be two women in a pretty boring brawl. I just I'm going to lay it out what's going to happen. Someone's going to hoist the belt that I'm not going to say means nothing, but it's just not it's not warranted in any I don't think it's really warranted in any like true facet of what a champion is. Uh yeah, I don't know. It's not going to be like, interesting. No, I, mean, no, I, who's your... I feel like it might be a bang. <laughs> I, I mean, it could be. It could. It be. definitely could be because everyone's beating it down. So yeah. anything, yeah. there's like, a possibility this thing is going to explode. Which would be awesome, dude. Wait, like wait. even if they throw fifty total strikes apiece over five rounds, which sounds insane, <laughs> that would be a step up from what we're expecting. So I think anything could cause excitement. Like that's that's true. Their potential for excitement could definitely hit. Um, do you guys have any picks for who will be the women's bantamweight champion Saturday night? I'm going Buena Silva. Jeff? I'm rocking out with Rocky Raquel, brother. Really? Yeah, I agree. I am as well. I I yeah, think uh good, Jeff. Just like I said with Sean, I think that little bit of championship experience might give her the edge. Yeah. I agree. I also think Buena Silva, like, she's a weird one, too, because she wins with subs, but she doesn't have a lot of takedowns. I think she averages under one, and I don't think Rocky's dumb enough to take her down, knowing that that's, like, she's seasoned enough and been around the block enough to kind of, I feel like, been able to depict opponents' weaknesses and strengths. I don't think she's stupid enough to do that. I think she's going to keep it on the feet and just outpoint her over five rounds. I think that's simply going to be what it is. Yeah, that's fair. Mike Malott. This is going to be a fucking banger. I'm excited for the Mike Malott fight. Yeah, well, welterweight matchup. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, know it's about not going to be a banger because yeah, Neil <laughs> I don't know if that's the word I'm using at this point. Uh, Neil Magny, awesome dude, I, boring fighter. I'm not going to lie, boring. I fighter. think we can all agree though. He is a welterweight legend. I'm not going to yeah. say he's a flat out UFC he's a legend. legend, but he's a welterweight legend. I mean, he's fought a lot of guys in the welterweight division and dude. really made it. Ah, uh, dude, that's some Roxanne Amadafari legend esque shit. <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's true. That, <laughs> they that are true. in the same boat. They're like fucking. Yeah. I mean, Neil yeah, teetering, teetering on the line of legend, not legend. <laughs> Neil Magny <laughs> is the male Roxanne Amadafari. Hate to break it. Hate Fair to break comparison. it to everyone, but <laughs> I don't think you're. I don't think you're breaking any ground with that. I think we all agree with that. Um. Neil Magny, yeah, came into the UFC, was tough motherfucker, pretty decent grappler, but really just never evolved from there, never really got to the championship level. Uh, I think this is a nightmarish matchup for him. I I sat there yesterday when I'm writing all my notes down, and I just could not think of like any facet of this fight that Neil Magny's going to be better than Mike Malott. I don't know if you guys had some alarming thing that I wasn't thinking of. I just His path to victory is almost non-fucking-existent for me. I don't think he's going to win on the feet. I think if it hits the ground, Mike Malad chokes him out. He's a slick grappler. I think he's a black belt. I don't, yeah. I, this is obviously a gimme fight. Mike Malad's at home. He's a young up-and-comer fighting a, a guy with a name. Like, is there any, did you guys have any path to victories for Neil Magny, well, or were you on the same path I was? I mean, other than, like, just experience, he's fought amazing fighters before, you know? So he's kind of seen it all. I don't know if Mike can bring anything that would necessarily, like, outwardly surprise him. And yeah, I, but I, it's like I do nothing like he hasn't seen, but also yeah. he's lost to <laughs> Yeah, he's lost to all of them. He's, he's lost to every single one of them. But it's not I, I, like this. I feel Mike like... Malat's a, a good prospect. I don't think he's uh he's gonna be throwing out anything that's too ridiculous for Neil Magny. So I, I do 
there's like a 2% worry of just the clinching, constant clinch against the fence, uh, point outpointing Mike Malott situation to for Neil Magny to get the win. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm picking Mike Malott in this one. Yeah, and I think if Mike Malott just, if he does anything smart this fight, he takes one out of Ian Gary's book and he fucking chews his legs away early. I mean, that yeah. visibly was one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life. Like one sided fights. Fuck. I was there and it was. It was upsetting. It made me hate Ian Gary. <laughs> yeah, and then to see that and then try to come into this fight with even thinking, like, this could possibly be a pick em, I just can't even go that far. To And then to even say Neil Magny will win, I just I can't say that at this point, either of these guys' career. Um, Jeff, I'm going to guess you're also rounding it out with a Mike Malott pick. Yeah, no fucking doubt. If I want it to be exciting, I want Mike Malott to win. <laughs> yeah, I completely <laughs> If agree. I want a fucking three-round fucking snooze fest of in between grappling, give me Neil Magny, but <laughs> I definitely don't want that, brother. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, let's talk about Sean Strickland's training partner, former favorite, kind of teetering on the line of not a favorite anymore for some people, though. I still like him, but the shit with Jack Hermanson definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think he's kind of on the line of... He's either a hero or a villain in most people's book. I don't think he's really in the middle anymore. Um, Which is crazy, because I mean, it is because he was so likable at one point. Yeah, and I mean, it's not not like Jack was fighting an exciting fight. It's kind of like reasonable that he kind of freaked out on him. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, <laughs> we have Chris Curtis taking on Mark Andre Barriot. I believe Andre Barriot, he's north of a minus 150 favorite. This is a homecoming fight for him, taking on Chris Action Man Curtis. Jeff, I know you feel uh, not. Not necessarily strongly, but I know you have a good feeling about Chris Curtis. So tell us who you think's gonna win and why. Dude, I I I think Chris Curtis. I think he's championship level on any on the right day, on any given day he's championship level. But there's there's just those little fights that he's just. He completely whiffs on, especially when it's someone who's going to fucking grapple him and constantly fucking try to wear him down, which I'm kind of scared Mark Andre will do a little bit of, because he's a fucking dog, <laughs> and he yeah. he's a definition of fucking wear and tear. But give me the action, man. I think yeah. that. I agree with what the first thing you said too, because he is like a pretty elite level boxer and his takedown defense is fucking fantastic sometimes, but other times he just looks like the mid-level fighter that yeah, he's he can ranked get tired right real now. quick too. Yeah. And I was going to say another thing to watch out for is going to be that first round. Cause he starts slow and a three rounder, you really can't give up rounds like, and yeah. not really give a fuck. Um, Max, are you taking the hometown boy, Mark Andre? Or are you taking the action man? Yeah. I think I think I'm gonna take Mark Andre, and I'm gonna I don't know why I don't know if this is applicable. So tell me if I'm nuts, but I feel like it's kind of gonna play out like the Kelvin Gastelum fight, where he's gonna come in. I feel like Mark Andre, obviously a, little, a tiny bit more like uh, clearly built uh, muscle muscle wise compared to Kelvin Gastelum. But other than that, oh, both... I think fucking everyone is more clearly yeah, built. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got the foo body right there, but um, I. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> Mark Andre very all like he clearly. What the fuck is the foo body? The foo? You ever seen a foo? <laughs> no, I'll show you. It's like I an Edgar. No idea what you're talking about. 
A foo. A foo. <laughs> you pity the foo? Pity the foo. It's a foo. What's a foo? Um. All right. No. Mark Andre Burial. I think he uh he excites me as a as like a just as a fighter, and I I kind of think this will play out in the Kelvin Gastelum type of way where. I think Marc-Andre Burial has a little bit heavier hands than Chris Curtis does, and I think he's going to be able to wear him down and get the win here. Um, but I really like both of these guys, and I, I'm just going to go with the hometown guy because Marc-Andre Burial uh, tends to live up to the hype in in his hometown in Canada. I, I completely agree, and I think he's going to get out early, and Chris Curtis is going to be fighting from behind, which I don't – he doesn't have the volume to catch up for that. So unless he knocks him out, which neither of these guys get knocked out, I, I think Marc-Andre's got this one in the bag as well. The next one and last fight we're going to talk about for UFC 297 opens up the main card. This one, I think we're all going to agree. I think the books got this one completely, this one completely wrong, boys. Arnold Allen comes in at 19-2-0, obviously just lost to Max Holloway, taking on Mazvar Evloev, 17-0. Um, did you guys see Mazvar's new look? I can't lie, he looks pretty fucking sweet. He got the natural cut. He got the buzz cut with the natural hairline and the beard. He almost looks like he's from like <laughs> cool. fucking prison break or some shit. Oh, Actually shit. pretty Thank sweet. God. He kind of looked silly before. <laughs> Not he did. Old you. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, Arnold Allen is hovering around. You could have got him at some point at a min- or plus 200 underdog. What? I think he's, yes, I think he's a little under that now. I think it's more yeah, like plus uh, 158 on FanDuel. Right I was now. just about to say, I think it's I'm around plus 150. Up. Um, I think the books got this one wrong, boys. I yeah. just fuck yeah. I know it's like a repetitive statement we always say in the UFC community, but I just truly think that there's levels to who who's ranked where for what reason. And Mazvar Evlov coming off a win to Diego Diego Lopez is not the same as like I know Arnold Allen lost forty nine forty six, but he gave Max a run in a couple of those rounds, and that's yeah. the next best guy outside of Volk. I think we can all agree. I also oh, yeah, thought forty nine forty six was a little bit that I, I thought it was a little bit closer than that. One judge did give him forty eight forty seven, but I think it was two forty nine forty six is one forty eight forty seven. Um, I think Arnold Allen is ranked right around the top five for a reason, and Evloev has not cracked that for a reason. I just, I I don't know. Like the line is like screaming something that I'm picking wrong. I'm guessing, but I I think Arnold Allen's going to keep this one on the feet and have this one in the bag. Um, Max, who are you taking? I'm going to assume Allen because you sound like you're going to fucking battle. Oh, why? Well, so Arnold Allen and Mike Malott parlay plus 232. I'm, I'm putting money on that. Um, Yeah, Arnold Allen is one of my favorite fighters that that's out there right now. I actually think this is the year of Arnold Allen and um, Movsar Evalolev. Wow, I butchered that. He, um, Evalev, he is really good at takedowns, obviously, right? Arnold Allen really does not get taken down. If Arnold Allen is able to keep this up and make this a stand and bang fight, that's his type of fight. We've never really seen um, Evloev in that type of fight. And I think it's Arnold Allen's time right now. Uh, I think that they're kind of underrating him because he's kind of a quieter guy and he's not as famous, you know, as other guys are. And I feel like people are underrating him after that Max Holloway fight, which they shouldn't be. So I'm all over Arnold Allen here. I think it's a, I honestly think it's ridiculous that he's um, an underdog. Jeff, what are you taking? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking definitely locking up <laughs> fucking Arnold Allen. I mean, it wasn't even a fucking doubt in my mind. Old Arnie, I, it, this is definitely a buy low, sell high time for fucking Arnold Allen. 
I think it's a little too early for fucking Elof to fight someone of this caliber. I mean, Arnold is championship caliber. As like this is how I like the same way I feel about Chris Curtis. He can be a championship champion it on any given day. I yeah, agree. I completely agree. And and another thing too, I just see a lot of like threads and shit are saying that Mazvar is just gonna do, uh, fucking grapple him to death, shoot you know probably fifteen takedowns in three rounds or whatever. Uh, one thing I want to recant to that is, dude, you just cannot tell me that Arnold Allen, who it, it's been like five six years since he's been in like back to back like grappling matches, obviously not competitive grappling matches, UFC matches where he had to grapple. You cannot convince me in six years he didn't get better at takedown defense and grappling. You can't convince me this whole camp he hasn't been training that. I just don't think a guy like him who's on the brink of being a number one contender doesn't train for shit like that. I think he's gonna. I mean, Evloev's gonna get him down at some point, but I think he'll have no trouble getting back up. And when he keeps it on the feet, he has the clear edge. I'm. I'm rocking with Arnold Allen as well. Um, that'll complete our picks for UFC 297. We will be back next week to review the card. And our episode after that is going to be UFC Fight Night, Roman Delize versus Nazardine Imavov. Another really... Apex fight. Fucking A. Yeah, and Woo! doesn't have all the best fights on no, it. No, that's a bad one. But we're still going to review it. We're not going to miss an episode. So yes, yeah, thank yes. you all for listening. <laughs> We'll be back later in the week, like Mike said. Peace. We'll